We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to the MMA episode of the Corner Podcast. By now, you know I'm Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Untuck It, the original button-down shirt designed to be worn untucked. Get your fly t-shirt game up before summertime hits. You know, people, we're going to fights. Canelo's fighting in Vegas in May. You want to go to the club? Make sure you got the fresh button up. And we're helping you guys do that. Talking about big-time fights, there's a big-time fight in Vegas this week. Ooh. It is the return of the Mac. I know you're excited. Mm. No, I, McNuggets. I, you know, it's, he's it's back. Weird. It's weird because, like, I, I want to see this fight. I've always wanted to see this fight. But... Excited? No, I'm, I'm I'm more curious about what the atmosphere in Vegas is about to be. I, I'm more curious because I don't know if it's going to be a madhouse. I don't know if it's going to be toned down. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know. See, now ticket sales and reports and rumors of ticket sales that they've been slow leading into this fight, that there's still plenty available on face value, if not under market price to go to this. Some... St- you know, something that we don't see a Conor McGregor fights. Usually they're sellouts. Usually the Irish are coming from all the way over there, here, acting crazy. You know, jumping the octagon in the MGM, riding the lion. We, we've seen craziness. We saw them take over Las Vegas Boulevard and stop traffic. And just sing ole, ole, ole while getting drunk as shit in the middle of the street. We've seen it all by the Irish. 
And I don't feel that buzz around it. And it makes me wonder, have the Irish stopped fucking with Conor McGregor? Or have they reached their peak? Is is enough enough? No, I, I think no, no, no. I just think he just needs to win. That's all. I think if he goes out there, like if he were to go out there and watch Donald Cerrone in like two minutes, or even have like a fun fight and still knock him out, which is very feasible, I think he'll be back on the bandwagon. But I do know a lot of the air was taken out of the sails, like when he got mauled by Khabib. Even though he won around and everybody gets mauled by Khabib, it just kind of sucks when you watch a hero just get choked out because now he's been tapped out twice that we've seen. So, <laughs> are you telling me Dylan Dennis is just choking him out every week in practice? No, I'm t- well, you know, I'm glad you brought up the name Dylan Dennis because Dylan has been talking about Connor's like jujitsu, about like how good it is, and like, dog, I'm not buying that from you. No, like, how do you? You know, he goes soft on him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're like a premier jujitsu guy, right? And you have been, and you're also a douchebag that a lot of people don't like, but. The fact that you're going to sit there and say, man, Connor's, you know, he's up there with some of the best. What? All you had to tell me was, like, son has improved. That's, and I would have been cool with that. But when you start saying he's got some of the best, like, no. We know he doesn't. How many people has Connor McGregor choked down his MMA career? Yeah. To be fair, he hasn't had to. But now that's, that's true. One, I, I saw a Cage Warriors highlight the other day. He won by rear naked. Um... That even if the guy is good at jujitsu, I would never know because he's not good at gas tank. Mm. So by the time he gets to the ground, he's so tired that he just wants an out. Khabib wore him down. He wanted out. The, the forearm was across the face and he was ready to tap. He shot on Nate Diaz. He shot for a double leg so he could get tapped out. Because he was exhausted, lived to fight another day, came back and won. So, I don't care how good his jujitsu is. If you're on the ground and you don't have the gas tank and the energy to scramble, to fight for position, to pull guard and successfully defend yourself for the rest of the round, you do nothing for me. I thought his guard was pretty good against Chad Mendez. He survived, he got up, boom, he fought again. He hasn't had that level of energy or gas tank since. And then you start to wonder, has his commitment waned? Because he can't seem to get that energy level right. Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. So next week, Connor is actually doing media day, which is a first for a long time. He's doing a press conference on Wednesday and Wednesday they're doing media day on Thursday. And him and Cowboy are doing theirs alone. So none of the red corner fighters, blue corner. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Media Day goes like this. They bring out all the right corner fighters and they sit them in their little seats and they got their names by their by their chairs and they put like whoever's in the main event, if they choose to do so, they put them on stage and then you do scrum interviews or if you try to one-on-ones which gets really obnoxious. That's a whole other story. But, and everybody just scrambles around getting their interviews. Um, and that's like the norm. Usually main event fighters, for the most part, they kind of take them away out of Media Day and we don't have a lot of access to them. But I think the re- UFC is starting to reconsider that because pay-per-view numbers suck and you got to sell a fight. So they're putting main event guys back into UFC Media Day. So this Thursday, it goes like this. You have red corner fighters, blue corner fighters, then Donald Cerrone for an hour, which is crazy because there's going to be like a million people surrounding Donald Cerrone. So I don't know how this is going to work. And then Conor McGregor is going to do the same for an hour. 
back to what I was going to talk about. The reason why when you brought that up is because you weren't there. Um, one of the first times Conor McGregor was in Vegas, uh, I think this was before the Poirier fight, I had asked him about the feeling of being in a big fight. And Conor responded, he talked about soccer and how he wanted to play soccer. And the thrill of the fight was like soccer, the roar of the crowd, you know, being in the same. And that's what motivated him. It wasn't necessarily the game, even though he wanted to play soccer. It was the moment that used to hype him up. He's seen that now. He's had those moments. Like everything, those things that he reached for, he's got it. He's had it. Biggest fights, the second biggest fight on pay-per-view in combat sports history, his. The biggest fights in MMA history, his. I, I wonder if at a certain point, because he wanted to fight often as well, when he stopped fighting as much, which allowed him to get into more trouble, and he, he saw the pinnacle of what it was, where's the motivation? Like, I wonder if he's as motivated as he once was. Because now you got everything that you asked for. You're filthy rich. You you became a world champion in two weight classes. You broke a record. You fought Floyd Mayweather when everybody said it was ridiculous. Mm. What's what's really left? What motivates Conor McGregor? I don't know. At, at this point, embarrassment. Right? Like, he is now no longer globally accepted or revered. He's been relegated to a laughing stock in many circles and in other circles which we'll touch on more in depth here in a second he's been relegated as an abuser and someone who's a criminal so so now it's okay you have something to prove again can you prove that you can focus again can you prove that you are as great as you once showed because getting there is relatively easy if you have talent. Staying there is very hard if you have no work ethic. Yep. And sometimes the money makes even the best of work ethics drop a few notches. And again, I, these guys, and he was around Floyd Mayweather, he stepped in the ring with him. Sooner or later, he should have picked his brain and said, you know what, how do you do it? How are you this good at 39? And touch on the stuff that Floyd Mayweather does that people don't see that makes him that great. To this day, if he wanted to come back, he's whooping everybody. Because no one has that drive. No one has that work ethic. And somehow Connor has not realized what it takes to be great. Most don't. Um, when we talk about Floyd Mayweather, he's truly a rare case. When we talk about combat sports, period, for the most part, in combat sports, the best fighters betray themselves. Mike Tyson betrayed himself. Like, they get too big and they get, like, the hunger that they once had is gone, and that's when they lose. Even Manny Pacquiao, when he was rolling and then, like, the whole situation with his wife and going into that Marquez fight, and then he kind of lost his desire to hurt people, it, there was no motivation because he was, one, you're no longer hungry. I think once you have a, that's another thing Connor said, you know, he's like, I want to see what it's like once I have me full belly. Cause when I'm hungry, I'm fighting. Cause he, what he, what he said, which was like one of the best things. I'm going to remind him of this when I see him, he said, when he used to fight, this is around the Poirier fight. He would spend all the money that he won in the fight. So he'd be hungry for the next fight. Well, it's yeah, fucking we were impossible. at media day together. Yeah. It's a, uh, 
Demetrius Johnson main evented that card, but Connor was actually the real main event. Yeah, and but, I was right there next to you. Yeah, crazy. So he says that, and that it's impossible now. You can't spend all that money before uh, your next fight. Certain some people believe he did. I doubt. Yeah, that, I doubt that. I mean, there's that's a lot. Proper of whiskey's going strong. So I'm saying, like, when you when you become a certain level of rich. Right, it's you can't spend that money because you're tied into other things, and there's like, it's like making, it's like Hammer, you know, like that song is going to pay him for the rest of his life. Like too legit to quit is gonna whatever the royalties are that he's always gonna get a check in the mail for that. He's never gonna be poor, right? Connor's never gonna be poor. No. He may not he may not be eating filet mignon on the finest levels forever. He may have to go to Outback Steakhouse at one point in his career, but he's not going to be like poor poor to the point where he's got to worry about his next meal. That's who Connor used to be when he used to do plumbing and all that shit. Now it's not there. So dog, I I'm curious because if if embarrassment's the only thing that motivates you, I'm a little concerned because that those little training videos that came out, I'm like, eh. you know, like Donald Cerrone to me is the MMA version of Arturo Gotti. And you should beat the MMA version of Arturo Gotti because he's going to come to fight, but he may get outclassed by the top tier of... of that's why he's never won a title. He may get outclassed. But you got to be on your A game if you plan to fight Khabib, Tony Ferguson, Kamara Usman if you choose to stay at welterweight. Dog, you can't, you can't bullshit. So I'm curious, man. All right, we'll get back to all that Conor McGregor talk in a second because, of course, he's dominated the week. But first, you ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length. I mean, look, man, I done lost weight. You know, I done been a big boy one time, so... Man, there's 50 plus fit combinations, and I gotta look fresh when I'm at these fights. So, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You know, it fits good on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta look good, bro. So, when we at these fights and they look at us, especially these two black guys being K side, we gotta look good. So, you could choose from styles like wrinkle free, button down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and a whole lot more. Uh, with untucking, your shirts will never look baggy bulgy too long or too big and it kind of looks crazy when it bunches up in the middle so you got to make sure that's right and the website is like super easy to use they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit yeah so whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart relaxed style of your own untuck it is the way to go visit untuckit.com and use code blue for 20 percent off at checkout that's u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, now let's get back to this Conor McGregor stuff. Okay, back to the Conor McGregor talk. So, obviously, you guys noticed we're dominated by Conor McGregor this week in the MMA podcast. And then, now the biggest thing comes into the mix. And this is a question... I've seen a lot on Twitter, and I will ask you and for us to both answer honestly. Are we, as media, not making enough about the Conor McGregor allegations? That's a good question. Are we giving him a pass? That's a good question. Um, I plan to ask. If I get an opportunity, I absolutely plan to ask. I think, well, a lot of people need to learn about media, and this comes with media training. Especially, coming from the music industry, where I always dealt with people in some shit. 
There's a way that you have to ask questions in order to get answers. And you also have to understand that like, you can't ask very particular questions about what happened because if there's a pending court case, you're never going to get a fucking answer because yeah. it legally can't do it. So I think in the case of Conor McGregor, because of these allegations, which seem like, if I remember correctly, they're still pending. Um, I think we need to pay attention to them when it's time for them to fight and when it comes up because I, people reported them. But I think this week is important because you have to ask the question the right way or else you're just going to get stonewalled. And so I think for me, when I, when I see somebody like Connor, it's like, I want to ask him if the time away from the cage is the reason why he got into so much trouble and then let him fill in those blanks. Because if you go in head first and you're like, Hey, head ass, you're accused of sexual allegations. What happened? And he's just going to, it's going to shut down. John Jones did the same thing. But if you ask a question, like if you ask John Jones about making mistakes, he'll talk about his mistakes. But as a whole, MMA media, a lot of them, it's, this isn't pro wrestling, man. You can ask these questions. If Conor, the worst thing that can happen is no comment. So you got to ask. Yep. So I think we have been a little soft on but we haven't seen them to ask the questions. And writing about speculation is really tough. It's really tough because you don't really know. But if he's in front of you, there's a way to ask those questions. What's going on with your pending allegations? And then you can answer that. But, man, the fr- somebody's going to do it. Some head ass is going to jump in and be like, yo, Connor, what's up with you sexually molested? Like, dog, he's going to shut down. So hopefully I get in there first before some idiot ruins it for everybody. I believe someone may be looming over the media crowd. Don't do that. Don't say that. And ask <laughs> this question on this upcoming week. Uh, if you know, you know. But on my side, I, I agree with you you know it's a question that can be phrased and you know connor you've you know had run-ins with the law can you several things like that without alluding to exactly what it is to try to get an answer out of them but me personally it's very hard and this has always been for me as a media member um to bring up something to a fighter when it is just allegations and the allegations never attached a name. I remember when those came out against Connor, it was like a popular Irish MMA fighter. It's like, so you don't want to get sued, so you can't put his name in this. And then people can allude to your reports and saying, you know, did Conor McGregor do this and blame it on the initial report? Like, it's weird to me when someone, when there's no arrest report. Maybe it's because I was at the news station for so long. Like, if we wanted to report news, like actual hard-hitting news, like death, rapes, murder, anything, we go, we get the arrest report. You know, they omit the name sometimes when the victim's name, not the accuser's name. Those always come out three days later. There's a way to attain these things to not see that paperwork on Connor makes me a little hesitant to go and call him to the carpet when they are allegations. I I sit back and wonder, are the days of innocent until proven guilty gone? Thought they been gone. Like social media wrecked <laughs> that shit. Like there is no innocent until proven guilty, right? Like what if these are allegations? We talked about this in our boxing episode when we were talking about R. Kelly. It's like, Two, three accusations. Okay, maybe someone's looking for clout, right? You go 30 deep. Well, there's smoke, there's fire. Connor's at the two or three range. 
Yeah. So I, I'm not saying he did it or didn't do it. I don't know this man's life. And I hope the truth comes out. But right now, I don't know how to approach these things when the report that came out wouldn't even mention his name. When there's no arrest report. I know how to do pretty good journalism when it comes to people getting killed or acute or assaulted or anything like that. I did it for three years. It's not that difficult to obtain these documents. I once... Ronaldo got charged in Vegas for uh, alleged rape, which he beat the case. Uh, I think they settled out of court or something, whatever may have happened with that. But I remember having to call the PIO, get those documents. I called overseas. There was alleged case about him over there. There's PIOs in London, in Spain, wherever the hell he was playing with Barcelona or something, uh, whatever team he was playing for. I or Real Madrid. I don't fucking know his team. I don't follow soccer. Nonetheless, there's ways of calling and getting these documents, producing these papers, and I haven't seen any of those. What the hell am I supposed to tell the guy? I have no hardcore proof. So I always feel like a little weary, like sooner or later, some somewhere, somehow, there at least has to be some type of proof on the table. Like R. Kelly, I don't need the judge to tell me that motherfucker's guilty. I got you. I see some paperwork. Like, I see enough people on wax saying his name. I haven't seen an accuser on wax with Conor McGregor yet. No. Give me something tangible so I can then attach it to my question to make it hard. Just boom. Here's the fact. This woman accused you. Or the voice. Give me something. Give me a 911 call. Give me something tangible. There's nothing tangible. No, and you know what? That's the hardest part is social media has ruined everything in a sense of innocent until proven guilty and the term allegations. Because as soon as you allege somebody did anything, and we're going to talk about this on our pro wrestling episode, people just start running crazy with it. You know, if somebody goes on Twitter right now and was like, I was, Omarion stuck his finger in my butt. It's, it, <laughs> just I'm throw Marion under the bus because no he's like the calm guy. And he's the only person I could think of because I was just thinking. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to explain my train of thought. But as soon as somebody says that, it gets retweeted, and then stories start to come to fruition. Like, oh yeah, this you know Marion. Listen to what you know what Marion's doing, and then like the websites start running off with these stories. And now Marion probably hasn't even seen the tweet, and now he's getting phone calls. Yo. I can't believe you did that, Omarion. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so it's hard. There is no innocent to a proven guilty. Because as soon as the allegation surfaces, you have to defend it. It's your... And we talked about this many a times. Like I said on an old show, for those of you new to this podcast, in one of our archives, I had to defend that a girl says she slept with me in high school. And I didn't. And everybody... Because she said it. And it sounds ridiculous for a man to deny it. I was like, no, I did it, but the allegation was already out there. There's nothing I could do about it. You magnify that on social media with a bunch of idiots who don't understand how allegations work, who don't understand how the court system works, and they draw their own conclusions, and a vast majority of them have blogs or websites or what have you, and they just go and take this shit to the top and write it as fact. The reason why, like, on another note, the reason why I think George Zimmerman got off of the Trayvon Martin case is because it was too much of a trial by media to start. 
it was and when I say media, I'm not even talking about actual media. I'm talking about social media. And when you get so many people involved in creating an atmosphere and that and it pushes like the, the DA to say, OK, we're going to go to first degree murder instead of like manslaughter. Or third, it may it just kind of generates a chaotic atmosphere. I don't want to get too deep with this. Wife goes to law school. We talk about this shit all the time when it comes to allegations. So in the case of like Conor McGregor, these are allegations that we may know some people that have information, but they're still just allegations. That's all they are. And people say, well, what about R. Kelly? Fuck that. It's 30 allegations. That point, it's like, dude, I'm sifting to find where the lies are at. But when it's this early, when it's this early, I mean, the Conor McGregor situation, yeah, you got to ask him, like, what's going on with this? But it, it's it's you got it's a minefield, man, because it's a pending case. It could get dropped, and even though it gets dropped, doesn't mean he's innocent. It could mean that somebody just got paid off. It's a lot of shit, man. Legal stuff is rough. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I have a friend going through like that right now, and just having to be silent and fight shit in the courts before coming public and be like, "Ha, I didn't do this." assholes like so uh there's a lot of stuff on the back end like when you reach like certain levels to clear your name and to dodge allegations and it's just messy so i take all that into account as a journalist before like i just want something tangible to go in because i'm putting my credibility on the line by asking that question i better have something credible to bring to the table yeah. And that's usually where I stand before asking these things. Um, but usually we have story time with the old man, Andreas Hill. I feel like I can tell a story here. And this is something, it reminded me when I was writing all this up for our rundown. I was like, yo, I'll tell this story. And it's a story I used to tell to like my high school football players. is like, uh, uh, don't do this type of story. Um, nothing good happens after 12 o'clock. It's one of those type of stories. But I remember... I was like a junior in high school, maybe a sophomore. And we, me, a bunch of football friends, you know how Vegas is, Dre. Like, there's house parties everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just how it was. And uh, I went to a magnet school, so I wasn't, you know, living around the place I went to school. Everyone was kind of dispersed, and they bust you in. And uh, that led to parties being thrown all over the city. There was a party one weekend thrown in this suburb called Summerlin which is on like the far west side of Vegas. A lot of rich people live over there. Uh, the old man Andreas Hale is there, but listen, I'm not, not trying to tell you this man's business. Um, but it was like at the lakes over in Summerlin and all this shit. So it's super rich and this girl's parents are archaeologists. They go to Egypt and all these other places and wild shit and just leave her and her brother alone for like three months at a time. So she threw this huge house party with the money they left her, and we're all getting shit-faced drunk. At this time, we only drank 151 in Everclear because we didn't like beer. We were weird sophomores. Uh, we drank Smirnoff and Zimas and then 151 in Everclear. That was it. Nothing in between. So we're all at this party. Everyone's getting wasted. Everyone's getting trashed. There has to be like 300 people there. We're obviously football players. We're trying to be idiots. We wore like Letterman's, and we did all the stereotypical shit that you see jocks in movies do. And we're chilling, and uh, I remember my boy, I will just, I will say Nose, because that was his nickname. So my boy Nose, I remember I was making out with a chick in the bathroom upstairs. It's, again, a pretty fancy house. It's one of those that had the partition, in which I'm not sure if I ever seen this before. So it was like bathroom, and then partition door, toilet, partition door, 
huge bathtub area and shower. So he knocks on the door, making out a chick within there. He brings some super drunk chick into the bathroom. I was like, yo, I need someone to hook up with her. No room's open. I was like, yo, leave me the hell alone. Slam the door in his face. He's like, yo, knocks on the door again. Come on, let me use just, he was like, yo, let me go on the other side of that door. I was like, fuck it. All right, go. So I let him in. Him and the girl go to the back, whatever. No more than five minutes later, another knock on the door. His twin sister, who was, let's just be honest, she was like queen cock block back then. It's okay. She's a great person now. But she knocks on the door. She's like, where's nose? And I was like, ah. And I, I don't know why I was drunk. I was like, yo, he's back there. And I point her towards the other door. And I was about to close the door again. She pushes it open with like the force of the Hulk. Pushes this shit open. I fly onto the counter where the sink is. The girl I was making out with is topless and she gets pushed behind the door due to the force. So she's behind the door now, damn near squished. I'm on the counter. The twin sister goes, knocks on the door, nose opens it, thinking it's me, opens the door. And his sister, boom, punches him right in the nose. Bang, straight in the grill. Don't know why. I don't know why she was so mad over this. And uh, so, boom, she hits him in the nose. Obviously, due to nickname's sake, you know it was gigantic. He starts bleeding. And the door's wide open. She, like, takes off yelling and cursing through the doors, out the party, down the stairs. All this commotion makes everyone from the party come into this tiny little hallway. Now, the picture that is painted at this point, I did not realize until it was like a freeze frame. I swear this one second felt like 50. And people from outside the hallway looked in. It is just me on top of this counter, nose standing in the second door arch with his face bleeding and a very drunk, very naked girl in the tub halfway passed out by this point and only thing you hear is everything's dead ass silent and you just hear they were running a train on a drunk girl did they rape her and we were like fuck because the appearance was they couldn't tell i was in there with another girl because she smushed behind the door this other girl's in the tub Damn, they're not moving. She's just a little drunk. She was just moving two seconds ago. He has a bloody nose, so it looks like she was fighting him off and the two of us in there. And we're like, let's get the fuck out of this bathroom. We get out. We walk down. Everyone follows us. Still doesn't see that a girl was behind the door with me. And we get out to, like, the front yard. At this point, someone called, like, the chick in the bathtub's boyfriend. He comes over. He tries to fight us. It was fucking crazy. We were like, yo, the rumor train's going to be nuts when we get to school. And it was until shit actually came out and she admitted to, like, no, I went in there. But it took a solid three days. And we're like, yo, our life is over. So context is important to what happens. Because we thought, like, yo... It wasn't even like that, and it was a horrible set of circumstances. So I used to tell my players, don't go anywhere after 12 if you can help it. And two, make sure you put yourself in smart situations because you can't handle how other people take things. That is my story. So whenever stuff like this comes out, you never know the details unless you were there. Shit might look different from the outside. Story time with Kel. Well. Nonetheless, everything... 
Yeah. <laughs> that shit was crazy. I really thought my life was over at 16. Like, just done off of a stupid punch to the nose. So, you never know, and you just got to take everything and figure out the details. So, I never rush to judgment since then. And I'm always very, very cautious of accusing someone, especially of sexual assault, off rip without hardcore evidence or the person saying it happened or something like that. Because I know how quick something can start off a of hearsay. Do you want to roll the credits? You want to end the podcast? My, my, my story for this week. Uh, let's talk about Connor in the octagon then because we talked about him outside of that. Uh, he released a training video heading into this week and into this fight where it showed him he looked a little bit bigger. I found a couple problems wrong with that training video. I'm assuming you saw it at this point. What yeah. does your trained eye say? I don't know where he's at. First of all, before you even say that, when you said um, I saw a training video, I thought you were going to say a train video. I was like, oh, no. Connor has a train. No. So, yeah. No, no. All bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know where Connor's at. Like, I'm looking at this training, and I'm just like, well, what are we getting out of this? What is he getting out of this camp? What is he training for? I'm confused. I, I don't find. I don't know, man. I don't find I it, didn't see a whole lot to like there. It looks like he's training for a boxing match. Well, yeah, I mean he's still doing that, right? Like he still has that that very like boxing centric stand like it, What happened to the karate stance? What happened to the wide front leg? What happened to the bounce back and forth? And the pawing at someone and and timing them and the you know, not with your hands in front of your ears. What happened to that, Connor? What happened to the guy who knocked out Aldo with the movement? There's video of Connor three years ago saying these guys are all stiff. I know their movements. I'm like water. That's why they can't beat me. Now he's those guys. Yeah, you know, the other thing is, is that he trained to fight Floyd. I don't want to say for so long, but he spent a great majority of, you know, he's learning boxing. And he's an MMA fighter who spent a lot of time learning boxing, and it seems like he's not able to shake it now. Like, he's learned it, and I get stuck there. Mm, I don't like it. It closed his stance. It, he, he got too fundamental. And that's what that video looks like to me. I don't like it. I don't like it at I, all. I, I don't either. Like, if it was the old Connor, easy. Easy money, i pick him over Cerrone. This, if you're going to let the guy close the distance, if you're going to be robotic, if you're going to keep one hand up the whole time, like, that's problematic to me. That's not what made him special. That's what's going to make him like a million other fighters. So I saw that and I was weird. The other thing is like a snippet, um, or no, he's on Ariel's podcast. So he sits down, he does an interview with Ariel, talks to Ariel. Um, in there, he lists all these people he wants to fight. And Jorge Masvidal is one of them. And you mentioned, you know, Usman is one of them. He's open to a Nate Diaz rematch at 170. And then at 155, there's Gaethje, there's Ferguson, and there's Habib, depending on how everything shakes out. I look at this and I say, how many people can he realistically beat? There's someone on that list I think he can beat, and I'll talk about that in a second, but... You, you look at that and you say, that is a murderer's row of competition, especially at 170. Could he beat Usman? 
Does he have that set of skills? Because we just saw Kobe Covington, let's be real, push Usman to the limit. It was a close fight. Connor has better hands than Covington. <sighs> right? Yeah, it, it's... Oh, man. There, there's, there's a couple issues. It's Conor McGregor at 170 pounds, wanting to fight a bunch of people. Hasn't really fought in a couple years. We talk about the hunger. We talk about the desire. And... I... A lot of his career, when you start to reflect, I don't want to say because he was very skilled. I'm not taking away anything from the skill, but he didn't fight Frankie Edgar. He never had a rematch with Max Holloway. Holloway. Uh, he fought at Eddie Alvarez and he got into his head. Like a vast majority of his game was getting into his opponent's head and making them fight his fight. He was calling the shots. Now, because he's been, I don't want to say he's necessarily been exposed, but you kind of know the blueprint on how to beat Conor McGregor. Started with Chad Mendes putting him on his back. Went to Nate Diaz saying, I could take your power at 170 and all I got to do is wear you out. And finished off with Khabib was like, yo, you're susceptible to getting choked out. Wrestling is still your problem. I don't think he's improved in those areas. So I don't know how he beats a Kamaru Usman. Because it's not like Conor would fight Kamaru. Dude, Conor fights Kamaru. That they look like Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. <laughs> like for real. Like Kamara Usman is a huge 170. Connor's not a big 170. And it's weird to me that he's calling out all these people. And we you know when we talked about this, you said he should fight Cowboy, and I said if he wants to fight for a title, he needs to fight Justin Gaethje. And he obviously went your way, fought Cowboy at 170, which none of us predicted would happen, but he chose Cowboy. It's weird, because why wouldn't you fight Justin Gaethje? If you really want to fight all these guys, you need to fight him. Oh, because that's such a tough matchup. It that's is. so dangerous. That's kill or be killed, and it tests your heart. And I'm not sure where his heart is right now. You need you need confidence to fight Gaethje. But do you think... That's, this leads me on to the next question. Do you think the Connor that beat Jose Aldo, that before Nate Diaz, do you think that Connor would have passed on an fe- uh, opportunity to fight Justin Gaethje? He would have met that head on. Oh, never. Yeah, but he was fighting all comers at that point. Right. So how much of this are we really buying about who he wants to fight? At this point, everything's still a business decision. Back then it wasn't. Back then it wasn't about money or who could sell. Let's be real. This cowboy fight's about selling tickets as well and money. And they think cowboy's a bigger draw than Justin Gaethje. And they're right. Yeah. I mean, we know we know what it's going to... Like, dude, the reality is... Like, because people love Cowboy Cerrone. Because, again, he's the Arturo Gotti of MMA. He'll fight anybody. He never has a boring fight. He wins some and he loses some. He'll probably go to the Hall of Fame, but he was, like, never, like, a real-world champion. I'm talking about Cowboy. And... But he got mopped by Justin Gaethje. And if you want to fight... If you want all those attributes you just mentioned about Cowboy Cerrone, that's Justin Gaethje. Like, yeah, it's that's that guy. And if you're Conor McGregor and you and you're saying I want to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov in a rematch, you should say I want to fight Justin Gaethje. That is troubling to me because either he made a business decision, he's not that confident, or Dana White got in his ear and was like, you should fight this fight. All three of those scenarios are bad to me when it comes to Conor McGregor talking about who else he wants to fight. When you I don't want to say you picked the easiest fight because Donald's not an easy guy because his jiu-jitsu game is supremely underrated. But I'm saying you did pick probably the fight that you thought you could win. And that never used to be Conor McGregor. 
I don't know who this. Guy, that's one of those things. Like when you're dating somebody, it's like I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> I don't know. That's exactly it. And now we have to see how this translates to the octagon, because it's a different guy. There was a point in time where I picked Connor to beat anyone. Yeah, you didn't. Bet and I think on this show, outside of Habib, that was always our conversation. Like, no, Connor beats everyone outside of Habib. Yeah. And now it's like, I, I don't know. I tell you, this year, next fight, I think he beats... Well, we'll get to our predictions here in a second. But I think if he fights Jorge Masvidal, I think he wins. At what weight class? 170. Mm, I don't like Conor McGregor at 170. At all. Not as strong. I would prefer if they decided and Conor strong armed them into creating 165 and moving welterweight to 175, but that's not going to happen. I, dude, I like... Go back to the Diaz fights. Look what, what, look what Masvidal did to Diaz and then look what Conor did to Diaz. Masvidal beat the brakes off of Nate Diaz. Yeah. Conor hit Nate clean on several occasions and put him down, but he never got close to really putting him out. He didn't bust him well, up. I mean, like, he dropped him more than Masvidal did. Yeah, but I mean, when Masvidal... Went, well, I mean, shit, the fight went longer. Yeah, Masvidal bullied him. Mas, that's what I'm saying. And I, I'm a little concerned with Conor when you fight somebody like Masvidal. Because if you can't hurt Masvidal, how do you get that man off of you? Yeah. Do you have enough gas to go the full 25? Because I'm not sure you're knocking him out. Exactly. Because if you can't... I'm, again, Nate Diaz is tough as hell. We all know this. Well, let's, let's stop acting like Nate, Nate Diaz was a world beater before he fought Conor McGregor. He wasn't. He wasn't. And Masvidal went out there. Was he a journeyman? I heard someone call him a journeyman. Yeah, you could argue he was. Because I remember when he fought Gray Maynard at the Ultimate Fighter finale. And a lot of people picked Gray Maynard to win. Because if you remember, Gray Maynard fought Frankie Edgar and had those hellacious fights for lightweight title. Blah, blah, blah. And, a lot of, and then Nate beat uh, Gray Maynard. And people were like, oh, well, okay, surprise. Because nobody really ever thought Nate was that good. It was always about Nick. It was never about Nate. But Nate was always come to fight. Then it became someone Nate derailed Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone's entire career has been, I'm this close, and then I lose. He was in a contender fight. Nate beat him. A lot of people picked Cowboy to beat him. Nate is, I'm trying to, he's not Sean Porter. I'm trying to pick a guy in boxing. Who is durable as hell will fight and will beat a few people, and I, it's it's not Sean because Sean has been the world champion. I can't think of I can't think of somebody right now. I'm sure, there's somebody out there. Somebody somebody will bring somebody to my attention. There's too many belts in boxing, there so is. everyone kind of gets a, a shot to be champion. Well, I mean, shit, maybe he's like David. Maybe he's like David Lemieux, right? <laughs> that's that's all right. I, I'm just trying. That's not sexy, but that's real. It's not. I'm just saying a guy who is who will get in the way. If you're not, he'll test you. He's a gatekeeper. He will figure it out whether you are good enough to fight the top tier guys or you're not good enough. That's who they did. Oh, so he sounds like Danny Garcia. Well, Danny Garcia was a world champion too, though. Well, in a lighter weight class. Yeah. Like at 147, that's Danny Garcia's role. Maybe. I mean. Good enough to get beat up by champions. Yeah, sure. Okay. Some people are not going to like that comparison. But the fact of the matter is, Nate Diaz was never a world beater. And he gave Conor McGregor hell in two fights. Hell. Stopped him in one. Barely won the, Barely lost the second one. I I don't know who this Conor... This Conor... He ain't the same. At 170... You, this you say barely lost. I think Nate lost by a wor- wide margin. If the new rules were intact then, Nate loses by crazy amounts. 
Because the first round, he gets dropped twice. That's 10-7. The second round, he gets dropped once. That's 10-8. Oh, you're acting like Both MMA judges go by these rules. They don't go by no, the, the new rules. The new rules would have had that 10-7, 10-8. They still would have scored and messed up. I'm, I'm saying Just like card. this big would have <laughs> lost if... <laughs> If Hendo had those same rule sets, I, I'm just saying that MM like he barely won the fight on the scorecards, not in real sure. life. A lot of us thought Conor won, but again, it wasn't an easy fight. And Conor had a it, what was it fourth round when it was real rough for him? Third? I'm trying to remember yeah. the second fight. It was a fight fourth, of the year. Like no Came fighter out, won the fifth. No fighter. I've, I've asked fighters this forever. No fighter ever goes into the fight and was like I want to have a fight of the year. Everybody was like I want to have a short night. Conor had a long night with Nate. Oh, no, it was the third round. So, Connor loses the third, wins the fourth, loses the fifth. Yes. Yeah, and Nate always says two, three, and five. So, if you ask Nate who won that fight, he says two, three, and five. Nate got dropped in the second, came back, and then finished the round pretty well. And then that's why Connor was in trouble for the third. But no way Nate wins the second after getting dropped. No. But, FYI. But if you ask Nate, two, three, and five is his scorecard. Right. So, the point I'm making is that Connor. I, I, I just, I'm not sure who he is anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just not. Fighting Khabib, it was, like, too soon. You just came off of getting, like, dragged by Floyd. And then you go and fight Khabib and you lose. But everybody expected you to lose. So, well, not everybody. A lot of people was like, this is a really tough fight to get into after being off. So, I don't know who he is. So, this, this I, don't, I don't know if he wants the toughest fights. I don't know if he's motivated like he says he is. Because if he were, you would have fought Justin Gaethje. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, again, the man, I just looked it up on Forbes, still worth $99 million, and Business Insider did an article on him a couple of months ago that says he still has a majority of that money because he doesn't have to spend it because the clothes are his own clothing company or given to him by these designers. The jewelry is given to him, and the cars are also given to him. When you're that rich, you get a lot of shit for free. Oh, yeah. Pay the tax man, and you'll be comfy. So, I mean, the guy's, I, that makes sense. He doesn't have to spend money. So, again, he's very comfortable. I'm not sure that's what made Conor McGregor great. No, that hunger, not. like you said, is what made him great. So, um, let's end this show with our predictions for the fight. We are going to just give the main event of the prelim card and then the main card. Main event of the prelims, Macy Barber versus Roxanne Modafferi. I like Roxanne. She's fighting at Vegas. She teaches there. She's so cool and nerdy and loves anime. It's the best. She's like the nicest person. Macy Barber is going to win a decision. I'm not even going to say she's going to stop Roxanne because Roxanne is tough as hell. I'm picking Macy Barber to stop her. I think I think Macy Barber is the goods. And, oh, I think so too. Definitely. And I, like we know that you know Roxanne Modafferi is durable as hell, but I think just mate, like Roxanne is not a good striker. And she's great on the ground. If Macy chooses to keep this fight standing up, she's going to beat the shit out of her. And we all love Roxanne. She's a nice person. Dude, there's a story that came out where Roxanne called Macy and was like, hey, they, don't have, they may not have bathtubs at the hotel, so if you want to properly cut weight, make sure you notify the UFC. Most fighters wouldn't give a shit. But she did because she was <laughs> like, I want to make sure she comes to fight. And like, she's, she's like the nicest person. But Macy, I think Macy's going to beat her. Um, and we've moved past it because people talk about the Paige Van Zandt. Macy, she knew what she was doing when she was calling out Paige Van Zandt. She wanted the star. Now she's. I still want to see that fight, by the way. She beats that. It's hell never going to happen. Dog, she beats she the beats hell, the out, hell of out of Paige. Everybody <laughs> wants that. But I, I, I want to see it. Yeah, I want that. I'm picking Macy, man. 
Macy bus stop. Yeah, Biggie and Macy two to open up the main event card. Anthony Pettis versus Carlos Diego Ferreira. Uh, damn it, I'm taking Anthony Pettis. It's a lightweight though. I don't know. That's so tough. I don't know what Pettis is anymore. No, it's hard. I hate that I have to pick this. I'm picking Pettis. I think Pettis, he still shows up. I mean, shit. Pettis is like that guy now. He was a world champion. Lost to Diaz. Beat Wonder Boy. Pettis shows up when it's time, when he's not being outclassed by somebody. And I think Pettis kind of squandered his best years. But uh, I think he's still good enough to win this fight. I mean, he was champion, so he didn't like squander him that much. He peaked too early. Yeah, he, he's like Orson Welles. It's a super bad joke. But tell you, <laughs> if you're a movie buff, <laughs> that that's gonna hit you later. <laughs> Second match on the card: Claudia Gadeja versus Alexa Grasso. I really like this fight. Uh, Claudia better win this fight, though. Yes, yeah, even though to. Alexa. Alexa was super hyped a couple years ago, yo. We thought she was, like, going to take the UFC by storm and then kind of just struggled a bit. Yeah, and then she didn't. That's kind of what happens when you get all that hype. But, uh, yeah, I'm picking Claudia. I've always liked Claudia. She, I mean, honestly, she front-ran against Joanna and Jacek. She, she could have beat her. She just Her cardio stunk. It's a three-round fight. I don't know if Claudia is the same Claudia. Well, she's clearly not the same Claudia fight Joanna. But I don't think Alexa Grasso, for whatever reason, I, don't, I still don't think she's figured it out yet. So I think Claudia is a little bit more dynamic. I think it might be a close fight, but I'm picking Claudia by decision. Then next heavyweight, uh, Alexi Olenek versus Maurice Green. Uh, so are we gonna get, we're gonna get the uh, Ezekiel choke. Hmm. <laughs> That's all that may really no. matters here. Uh, damn. I'm gonna pick Olenek. Submission. Yeah, that's where we're going with that. Green's power has been really good lately, though. It has. But I, I think there's yeah, just levels to this. Yeah, and I, I'm going to take Olenek. Because, yeah, there's levels. So, I know this isn't going the distance. I'll take Olenek by submission. Why Fair not? Um, Co-main, Holly Holm versus Rocky Pennington. You know what? This card is not as bad as you made it out to be. Dude, it's it's not. It's not sense. super strong, but it's not horrible. It's it's a card though that if it lost its main event, you'd be like, I'm not paying for that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Main event's off. Everybody's off. Yeah. So it's not a bad card. This fight, however, I think Holly Holmes is gonna beat her up. I, Rocky Pennington is like ten and seven, and when she fought Amanda Nunez, that was ugly. Yeah. So I like Rocky. I like she's scrappy as hell. But I think the longer the fight stays standing, she's just going to get outclassed. Yeah, Rocky hasn't won since 2016. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking. Holly Holmes winning this. Because Holly's that case of she's still good enough to beat 90% of that division. With just her striking. She's, she's, the most, she's not super frustrating, but it feels like she can go into almost any fight. And if she wanted to press the action to get a stoppage, but she's, she's been, like Uriah Hall. She's like spent so yeah, she spent so much time becoming this counter striker, and I don't know if it's not because she believes in her skills or what. It's like you can just go out there and beat up people. She should do that against Pennington. Don't wait to counter. You're too good for that. You got a good chin. Nobody's gonna hit you like Amanda Nunez did. 
Just go out there and beat people up. She yep, pull the trigger. It. Yeah, she just doesn't do it. I don't know why. Uh, and then main event, Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone. Cerrone's 36 and 13. That's not bad. No, it's not. 75%. 100%. If we're fighting that much, that's a pretty damn good record. Um, Conor McGregor. He better win this. You think he stops him? He, he, yeah. <laughs> He's not going five rounds. If this goes five rounds, Cowboy whooped his ass. So, yes. Yes, he stops him. I... I Giving cowboy, not even giving cowboy props. Connor stops him in one. Damn, one round. Wow. One round. Wow. Two minutes and thirteen seconds. Oh, you can, if I had to make an exact bet, you're wild. Two out. thirteen. Uh, I'm picking Connor. I'm picking the second round stoppage because if it goes any longer than that, he's gonna lose or he's gonna win a very close decision. I have no idea where his cardio's at. I don't have a clue. But it, it, the longer the fight goes, the more opportunity that Donald has to take him to the canvas. And if that happens, that's not good for Connor. So I think Connor's no, going to have to No, if Connor gets taken down anywhere after round two, <sighs> if he hits the mat round three, four, or five, he's going to tap. You know, you know, Connor might have to win a decision. I, I, I'm not a believer in his power at 170. He's going to have to show me something. I am when it's not against a guy who's not. I mean, I don't know. Cerrone's chin's just been touched so much at this point that you don't got to knock him smooth out, but yeah, you can barrage punch him and get the stoppage. I don't know. I'm picking Connor. Now I just really don't know the method. Now I'm a little lost here. I don't know how to pick this. <laughs> um, I feel like if it, he has if to If it goes him. five, that's going to be tough. Yeah, and it might, man, because like Cowboy is durable. He's proven to be a durable fighter. But, I mean, Justin Gaethje didn't think so. But Just, Gaethje does that to a lot of people. He's a savage. I don't know if Connor's still a savage. We're going to find out. I'll tell you that much. We are going to find out next week. I wonder if Donald just comes out and shoots. I mean, I would. Yeah, but Cowboy seems too crazy for that. He'll just stand up, take his chances. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting weekend in combat sports. That's our show for today. Thank you guys for listening to our MMA episode of the week. Make sure you guys go back, check out our boxing episode that came out on Monday if you haven't already. And then keep an eye out on Friday, bringing our wrestling show, which is always jam-packed, full of wrestling, AEW, NXT, ROH we have to talk this week. WWE and of course about the controversy that happened in pro wrestling with Tessa Blanchard from Impact Wrestling. So a packed show coming at you guys on Friday. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media, Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. I think that's everything. Until Friday, we're out. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.